Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. My name is TJ. I'm Jack. I'm Sam. And I'm Derek. And we're the Pineapple Pod, coming to you hot on HR from Happy Valley. Here on HR from Happy Valley, we explore various conversations around HR and, and in our industry. A little bit about myself. I've worked in the industry since I was 13 at my parents' restaurant in downtown Harrisburg. I remember getting off the stage at my Torah reading for when I was getting bar mitzvah, and my dad said, well, now that you're a man, it's time we get you on payroll. So I've been working since I was a kid. Some of my favorite things to do outside of work is to build custom Lego models, and I've actually won multiple awards from it. Hello, everybody. My name is Jack Rush, and I'm originally from Allentown, Pennsylvania. I'm still trying to find my spot in the industry, but my main interests include hotels, casinos, and country clubs. This semester, I did an internship with Campus Dining at Penn State, and it's been a really uh, helpful experience. And one of the things that we'll talk about later in our podcast is managing generational differences. And one of the things that I like about my internship this semester is I've been able to uh, talk to a lot of uh, employees from different generations. A fun fact about me is that I'm a diehard Cleveland sports fan. So I'm super excited for the um, NBA season and NFL season to progress. Let's kick it over to Sam. Sure. So, uh, hey, everyone, my name is Sam and I'm from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm a big sports fan and love food, both cooking and eating. I hope to eventually work in the restaurant industry and would love to open my own restaurant someday. I look forward to working with you and hearing your different insights on the subject. Derek, do you want to tell us about yourself? Yeah, sure, Sam. Hey, everybody, what's going on? My name is Derek. I am actually from the same hometown as Jack, Allentown, PA, just about 10 to 15 minute difference. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting thing. Uh, our high schools are actually on the same road, but just 20 minutes apart from each other. So, you know, the Battle of Cedar Crest is always what our high school football teams called it. A nice little fun fact about me and Derek. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely a fun one back in high school. My main interests revolve around sports, in particular Philly sports. I'm a diehard Philly sports fan. All four um, are my favorite teams to watch. I hope to eventually work in the sports industry. This past summer, I had the excellent opportunity to work with inter, uh, or intern with Airmark inside the Philly Stadium, which was perfect for me. I was working with inside the uh, concession stands and just managing different concession stands throughout the stadium. But I got to watch Philly's Phillies baseball all summer, which was perfect for me. But if that industry does not work out for me, I would love to work in either hotels or casinos across the world. Actually, Derek, it's uh, really funny that you mentioned that. Uh, me and Sam actually went to rival high schools as well down in Harrisburg. Oh, for real? No way. I didn't even know that about you guys. Well, there you go. So, Jack, why do we call ourselves the Pineapple Pod anyways? Well, Derek, just in case any of our listeners out there don't know, we go by the Pineapple Pod because the pineapple is actually the logo for the hospitality industry. And we're here to talk all things HR in the hospitality industry. Um, and I know as future leaders in hospitality, we're all super thrilled to have the opportunity to join the conversation. Sam, why don't you give us a preview on what's to come during this episode of our podcast? Sure, Jack. So uh, the first segment of the podcast will be called Here's the Buzz, where we talk about current events taking place in the HR world. The segment will allow us to explore different HR topics while elaborating from various perspectives. Want to talk about the next segment there? Yeah, of course. In our second segment, personally my favorite, the Global Spotlight, we'll be working together with an overseas student from the Netherlands. His name's Florian, just to provide some international perspective on HR topics around the globe. I personally cannot wait to begin our conversations with Florian and uh, look forward to hearing their opinions on the hospitality HR around the world. 
Thanks again for joining us, everyone. And let's get right into it with Here's the Buzz. Welcome, everyone, to the first segment of the podcast, which will be called Here's the Buzz, where we talk all things HR. The segment will allow us to explore a wide variety of HR topics while elaborating from a couple different talking points. My name is Sam, and I'm reporting from the Here's Something Cool desk. Once again, I'm Jack, and I'll be reporting from the Here's Something to Watch Out For desk. Hello, everybody. I'm Derek, once again, and I'll be reporting from Here's Something Important desk. And I'm CJ, and I'll be reporting from the Desk of Innovations. So I'll start off. I read a whole article about how renovating your staff areas as well can be very beneficial. You know, it's, it's your staff is more productive when they're more comfortable. Things like air conditioning or more comfortable flooring to stand on for so long, more accessible shelves was something they really talked about for people who aren't as tall as everybody else. You know, it can be a pain in the butt if you're short and trying to go and find somebody to go reach something for you. And they mentioned how much more it can, how much more productive it can be. And they're still in process of doing some more research on everything that can really benefit from this. But I know for me, working in a kitchen, having an AC right above your head is is priceless. It, it is really nice and it really makes me work harder. Yeah, let's pass it over to you, Sam, where something cool is happening. Thanks, CJ. So today I'll be diving into the world of artificial intelligence and its impact on the customer. The article I'll be discussing in this segment comes from Harvard Business Review uh, from their April and March 2022 magazine, and it's titled Customer Experience in the Age of AI. Some of the more interesting aspects of the article are the different ways companies utilize intelligent experiences, experience engines and the impact they have had. I also find it fascinating how widespread the use of AI has become, and it is clear from this article that uh, this growth likely won't slow down anytime soon. Different industries use these technologies to gain information in a number of different ways. If I were to give advice to management on how to use this information, it would be to let the AI be your friend. Instead of just recognizing the importance of customer experience and not taking action, using AI can allow you to pinpoint where changes are needed. Derek, let's send it over to you at the Here's Something Important desk. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Sam. Um, I read an article that I think we can all kind of relate to. Um, it's working from home and how it can damage our eyes. Uh, us nowadays as a whole, whether it be the United States, anywhere across the world, we're all becoming more digital and we're on our screens for longer than we would have ever thought we were. And this article talks about how working from home and being on your computers all day can really damage your eyes. All About Vision, a website devoted to eye care, conducted a survey of about 1,000 Americans, a third of these people who worked hybrid, a third of them who worked remotely, and a third of them who worked in person. The survey conducted that 68% of remote, remote workers said they've experienced new eye problems since working from home. I can personally say I agree with this because I've been on my computer a lot recently ever since COVID happened and I had to purchase a pair of blue light glasses because my eyes start to get red if I'm looking at my computer screen for too long or the TV or my phone. And I found it really beneficial to have a pair of blue light glasses in order to help kind of my eyes from being damaged. And then I, I read a fact on this article that says, if you can't take a frequent breaks while working remotely, you're suggested to use the 20-20-20 rule. 
you might ask yourself what that even means. I didn't know what it was until I read this article, but I find it kind of intriguing. It means 20 second breaks every 20 minutes to look at an object 20 feet away. I personally have not yet tried it, but I feel like it could be beneficial to kind of get your mind off the screen and to get your eyes off the screen to kind of prevent them from being damaged. And like I said, again, just using blue light glasses that I've found is very beneficial for me when I'm on my computer a lot. Let's send it over to you, Jack, uh, with uh, here's something to watch out for. Hello, everyone. Again, it's Jack. And today I will be reporting from the here's something to watch out for desk. Specifically, we're going to be looking at the impacts of overturning Roe versus Wade. The title of my article is Nearly Half of Working Adults Say They're Open to Relocating to Abortion-Friendly States. Um, this article was recently published this past June. So after listening to everybody, I think that there are a lot of things to consider regarding HR in our industry. CJ, I definitely think that your article on improving restaurant design to improve employee retention brings up a lot of interesting points. Um, I think adjusting shelf height is definitely something for restaurants to look into because it's very inconvenient for some people. Like I know some of my coworkers are a lot shorter in height and they probably get annoyed from time to time, um, you know constantly dealing with this issue. And plus, I'm tired of being the tall guy who has to grab all the out of reach items for the small people. Why don't you uh, give us some thoughts, CJ? Yeah, no, I fully agree. I'm I'm a little bit of a taller guy too. So it's always annoying when they always come running for somebody to try to reach something for them. So yeah, that's no, really funny that you said that. Sam, I actually had come across your article a little bit ago and I found it particularly interesting in how different companies and in various industries have found um, varying success using this type of technology. And it's really exciting to see how AI will grow and change and form in its near future. And it is clear that artificial intelligence will play a major role in the customer experience in nearly all industries. Yeah, thanks for the insight, CJ. Hey, Derek, I thought that the 2020 rule when it comes to looking at your screen for too long was really interesting. I've never heard of that before, but I might have to try that out sometime. You also mentioned something about blue light glasses. Do you happen to have a pair by chance? Yeah, I actually did have to get a pair back when COVID started. I was actually at home my sophomore year. I decided to do it all online. So my eyes were beginning to hurt. So I had to get a pair and I've noticed significant differences and benefits from them. 
Jack, I thought your article brings up a pretty interesting topic about abortion and definitely very controversial, but I agree that the following Roe vs. Wade, there's going to be an impact on what people expect from their employers with health benefits, and that the decisions that they make regarding abortion access could greatly shape what we expect as the normal for our industry and cause people to potentially move jobs or even states just to gain action access to abortion treatment going forward. Let's transition to the global spotlight where we will be bringing in Florian to talk about his global thoughts on our topic of managing generational differences. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our second portion of our podcast, the global spotlight. This portion of the podcast, we'll be taking a look at our topic, which is managing generational differences. Um, we're super excited to bring in one of our friends from the Netherlands so we can get an outside perspective and a global spotlight perspective of managing generational differences. So on that note, we'd like to officially welcome Florian to the podcast. How are we doing today, Florian? Thank you for the welcome. Doing very, very well. And yourself? I'm doing great. So, Florin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so the listeners are familiar with your background in not only hospitality, but your general background. Yeah, so um, I'm living in the Netherlands, uh, in Maastricht. It's a city uh, in the south of the Netherlands, which uh, is very close to the Belgium and German border. Um, I'm currently in my fourth year of the hotel management school, and things I really love about the school is that... I'm so much involved with people. I talk to people a lot and I like doing project work just like now with the podcast. So it's really nice to also have an opportunity to, to talk with you and to hear about your perspectives on generational differences and how things go differently in the US than in the Netherlands, maybe. Yeah, sounds great, Florian. It seems like you have a lot of great experience that could help provide to our podcast. Um, so without a doubt, we're going to be talking about managing generational differences and a little background behind that is um, the issue is something that everyone is still learning. Like as we speak, it's it's been here as um, relatively recently. Um, managing generational differences is most prevalent now more than ever. Um, the idea of managing multiple generations and differences that each of them bring to the table in the workforce is extremely difficult for, for not only us to grasp, but the older generation as well. Um, We're currently taking or talking about this issue nowadays because we have the most generations in the history of working together at the same time. I found this extremely interesting because as we are going to get into the workforce, there's the most generations working together at one time. So that's find that extremely interesting and it's going to be hard for us to get a grasp on managing generational differences but um with that being said we're going to jump into a Q&A format where um I'll be going from each of you guys asking a question and then you guys giving each of your insights and an open discussion throughout sounds great Derek let's get right into it all right, Jack, we're going to start off with you. Um, could you discuss one of the most critical aspects of the issue um, revolving uh, managing generational differences? Yeah, thanks, Derek. So um, I think that one of the major issues with this and a reason why we need to have a better conversation is that over time, company norms and processes 
can eventually favor one generation over the other. And, you know, this is something that obviously needs to be addressed because in the workforce, you know, we want all of our employees to feel valued, especially in order to deliver a unified service delivery, which is what a hospitality operation is all about. You need your employees to be on the same page. And, you know, if you just have, you know, um, a certain group of individuals feeling left out because, you know, they think that the work environment is tailored to another generation, it could potentially leave them discouraged. And then, you know, they wouldn't able to be as impactful and therefore it would screw up your service delivery. And kind of a story that touches on this issue, um, I found out on Harvard Business Review and it's titled How to Manage a Multi-Generational Team. The article opens up with the author explaining how he had a conversation with his father recently. So obviously there's a generational gap there. And his father didn't understand why his direct reports would respond to his voicemails within emails instead of just calling him back. But then on the flip side, the younger author didn't understand why his dad's preference uh, was for phone calls when the same information could just be communicated via text. And I think that this shows how just being raised in a different time period can alter, you know, personal preferences. And, you know, in both of those situations, it led to like a disconnect between each other, just based off of, you know, how they were raised and the things that they're used to. And if you take that and apply it to a more, you know, broad scale in the workforce, I feel like that could definitely divide, you know, different generations in the workplace if they think, you know, the processes or how you're communicating, you know, favors one over the other. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Jack. Uh, just being raised differently is a struggle for all of us to kind of think about and blend together when you're coming raised differently. Sam, would, uh, would you like to speak on this question for us? Yeah, sure, Derek. So uh, one of the biggest factors that I see in this issue is that there are five different generations of employees in the workforce, and each of them have their uh, own set of values and beliefs. Most people believe that the way they've been taught to do something and the way they've been doing something their whole life is the one and only correct way. Uh, they often demonstrate an unwillingness to work with members of another group, which creates conflict and a lack of unity. Instead of using one another's strengths to help each other grow, they often work against each other. And uh, it makes it vital for all employees in a company to work together in an attempt to better themselves as well as the organization. Managers should do whatever they can and make these generational differences disappear, but instead understand them and use the variation to their advantage. Yeah, I agree with that, Sam. Florian, would you like to hop in and give us kind of a global perspective on what you guys are doing over there, like a problem you guys have going on in the Netherlands? Yeah, so I really like the topic of manage generational differences, um, just because I also really experienced it a, a lot in the work, work culture in the Netherlands. So uh, one research that I found was done by a university in Tilburg. It's a smaller town in the Netherlands. Generation X um, would find it very important to have autonomy on the work floor. Um, and Generation Y actually changes again that they didn't really feel the urge to make their own decisions or to have this autonomy. And now it's, it's changing again that Generation Z is finding this again more important and that they want to have the ability to make their own decisions. And I also really see that um, in hotels, but also in restaurants or actually like any kind of in industry that um, the younger generation just want to make their own calls in a certain moment and that they don't always want to talk with a manager and 
ask for his approval whilst then you will lose that moment when you're talking with the guest or the customer that you had that one chance to do something uh which you would go an extra mile but then if you go to the manager and you need to ask like the 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 enjoyment for the guest goes a bit away in that moment and that's like really how i feel i also really like to um make a call if i feel that that's the best call to make at that moment and then in the end maybe at the end of the day i will share the story with my manager and he or she can say well i think you did a great job or maybe uh, your intention was right but look at this for for the next time that's also fine but that there's at least the freedom to do something and act and then you can always discuss it later and how that can be improved that i think that you will only grow in this way for every generation yeah i like what you're, you're talking about there florian i think it's really important for us to as the newer generation coming in to be able to make some calls on our own cj let's hop over to you i know you have a lot of experience working in like the restaurant industry for a really long time you started as a young teenager would you be able to provide us with some input on this question yeah, I think one of the most critical aspects to this problem is biases what that people have coming into the workforce. Um, you know, like it or not, everyone's going to have internal biases about, you know, the older generation or the younger generations could be that younger generations are lazy and that older generations just can't work with technology, which was touched on by Jack, which was actually very interesting. So I think that that is one of the largest problems and one of the largest barriers to get over um, with anything is just having that internal bias that you don't mean to have, but it just happens because of, you know, how we were raised or, you know, how we've interacted with this genera these generations before, how they've interacted with us and what they've read online, what we've read online. So I think that could be one of the most critical aspects to this problem. Yeah, I agree. I can only imagine you, CJ. You've been working in since I think you said 13 years old, so you've seen a lot. But yeah, I agree with all your guys' responses there. We're going to hop right into the second question. So guys, now that our audience is aware of some of the main revolving issues surrounding this uh, topic of, of uh, managing generational differences, um, why don't you guys offer some of your best solutions for or best practices for some of these managers to use and kind of like combating this issue. Jack, let's start it off with you again. Yeah, so um, earlier, you know, I touched on how the norms or processes within a company can favor um, one generation over the other and how that could potentially lead to a certain generation feeling left out or at a disadvantage in the workplace. And, you know, I think that one of the main solutions that we could potentially have to this is that managers should just encourage their employees to openly communicate their preferences because, you know, if you just are able to gauge employees a little bit on how they're feeling about things and what would make things easier on them, then, you know, I feel like you could definitely find a common ground as to where all of the generations, you know, maybe give up a little bit of something um, that makes it easier for them. And that way, you know, compromise can lead to a more unified uh, workplace. And obviously that makes it more enjoyable for all of your employees. And then, you know, when everybody's there, I feel like you're able to deliver your service better. And that's the ultimate goal of the hospitality uh, operation. And, you know, this could even just be done through like a survey of some sort that you could easily send out to your employees. 
And, you know, once you gather that information, you can accommodate everybody and, you know, people don't feel challenged at work then um, as a result. And I feel like this would be a useful tactic because, you know, as I stated, everybody will feel valued and then they'll bring that positive attitude to work, which makes everybody's experience on the job better. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on the issue. You know, Jack, it seems so simple. Just simple communication is key for all of us in the workplace. And I think just starting off there is a perfect solution to get us rolling. Sam, would you like to offer your input on a great solution we could, uh, we could have in the managing generational differences? I would love to, Derek. So uh, one potential solution to the problem I would like to offer is organizing teams that consist of employees from all generations, setting aside anywhere from a couple hours to an entire day every week to accomplish some kind of group task could prove very effective in uh, increasing cohesion and morale in the company. If you just let people choose who they want to work with, it's very likely that they're going to pick uh, their friends or people who are similar to them in age and all that kind of stuff. So um, if that are these groups were likely only be effective if it does not feel like a forced task and can be something the employees enjoy and look forward to. Uh, the tasks don't have to be limited to strictly work projects and could include fun team building activities and games. Yeah, I agree, Sam. With some of my best experiences in work come from outside of work experience or outside of the workplace and just doing fun things with my coworkers. Florian, let's send it over to you and kind of get a global spotlight on what you think could uh, be a best solution for these managers. Yeah, well, I'd actually like to hook into the point that Jack made and then followed by Sam's point is uh, Jack, he talked about the open communication and uh, Sam about the different generational teams and I think in a combination of those two you can kind of form reverse mentorship and within that team if you openly communicate with each other and you're also open to the knowledge of the other generation then you can learn from each other and I think that's very important to realize is that Gen Z has as much to teach to baby boomers or uh, gen x then like the other way around and even though uh, the baby boomers have had a longer life experience it doesn't mean that their knowledge on certain topics uh, is the correct knowledge or is the up-to-date uh, ones that are currently now in society and so i really believe that being open to both ways to learning from younger people and from older people can really help and maybe a nice way to shape this is to have that open communication within different generational teams yeah i really like what you said there florian about um combining jack and sam's idea to form this kind of term we'd like to call reverse mentorship i think it's a really uh, effective point and a really effective solution that could be used cj let's uh finish it off here with you would you like to offer a solution for us yeah, one thing that I think would really work is putting these generational differences uh, to use and like putting the two different generations in the same work environment. So working a shift together, I think really can strengthen a bond and make mutual respect form because of that. I know in my experience, a lot of times because I am younger, and especially when I started, I was much younger than even the youngest person that was working working, you know, in the kitchen or dishwashing or behind the bar with, you know, someone that's a little bit older showing, you know, them showing me 
you know, the way they do things and me doing them, uh, you know, correctly and working hard, I think we gained a mutual respect for each other. And I think that is one of the best ways to form this because now one of my best friends that I work with is a 50 year old guy. And, you know, I was not a fan of him when I started working at the tavern. So I think that it is, you know, a quintessential way to, to remove these, the, this, this problem is to just put, put them together and force them to work together, you know, make them work a really busy Ohio state football game Saturday where you're getting slammed and you got to rely on each other to make sure that the drinks are going to come out on time and make sure everything's going to go well. Cause the respect gained from getting put into a situation like that is uncomparable to anything else. I think. Yeah. Thanks a lot, CJ. Thanks for providing your kind of personal insight and your personal work experience to help kind of round this all together and kind of finish us off here. I appreciate that. Thank you guys for all for providing your previous insights and your, your great solutions for how these managers could, uh, work on managing generational differences um just to cap it off here why don't you guys all share kind of your concluding thoughts in about five words or so uh not limited to but you guys get the point so i guess the thing that i would say is um form relationships rather than make assumptions my concluding point would be to use employees differences to the company's advantage I'd like to add to that that an open culture in which every generation should be able to flourish is key to manage generational differences. I just want to use the good old saying, don't judge a book by its cover. And that goes both ways. Yeah, thank you, guys. Those are all great concluding thoughts. And so that just about wraps it up for our global spotlight segment. I think it is extremely important to remember that there are so many different solutions to go about managing generational differences we mentioned a few um but obviously it's not limited to just those this is all about what you deem right for the culture of your work environment and with that being said thanks for tuning in to our global spotlight thank you thank you all for so much for tuning in today i hope our Here's a buzz pitches were insightful to some current things happening in the HR and hospitality industry. I know I found it very interesting and I'm very excited to take what I learned there into my future as a manager. And the global spotlight was incredible hearing from international was amazing and talking about generational differences. Again, very insightful. And I'll definitely be taking that into my future. And I know we all will. And I know we all had a great time with this. So Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed and hope you as well are able to take something out of this. Yeah, it's been a pleasure uh, working with all you guys. And I hope that to our listeners out there, you know, thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. And I hope that some of the stuff that you've been able to listen to, you can take and you can apply yourselves uh, going forward in your work. Yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Um, I know we all enjoy doing this and working together. I personally want to thank Florian for hopping on this podcast and providing us with a, a global spotlight insight to what it was like uh, outside of the United States over there in the Netherlands. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I hope the audience has enjoyed listening to the podcast. And more importantly, I hope they've all learned something from our uh, from our segments. Thank you so much, everyone, again. We really appreciate you listening. Hope you rest of your day. And this is the Pineapple Pod signing out.